American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, Reject Nation? It is time for another flashback review, a classic review, in fact, of the Shawshank Redemption. This is Greg's uh, immediate thoughts after watching the movie for the first time, which means I am... The only one left in the reject camp who hasn't seen this. Um, but yeah, this is a um, immediate reaction. If you want to see the highlights, you can come over to youtube.com slash the real rejects and check those out. Or if you want to sync up with your own copy and watch the full movie along with Greg, you can do so at patreon.com slash the real rejects. And hey, while you're at it, go check out our new uh, merch store, uh, shameless self-promotion. But uh, yeah, we just partnered up with our buds at Heavy Spoilers and Screen Crush and a great company called Zero Edition who is making some really awesome exclusive merch for us and uh, informed by us. ShopZeroEdition.com. Yeah, go check that out. And for right now, enjoy Greg's uh, review of The Shawshank Redemption. Here we go. Oh, that was so beautiful. That was very touching. That was extremely touching. Oh, I wish we got to see him say bye to his friends in prison, though, Red. Release the extended cut. <laughs> Is there a post-credit scene of Red's friends sitting around just going, Anyone seen Red lately? I haven't seen Red around here. <sighs> beautiful. That was beautiful. <sighs> okay. Wow. Ooh. What a journey. What a journey. Where to begin? It's really an ultimate bromance movie, isn't it? <laughs> Do people say that about this film? Do people say this is a bromance? I really didn't know anything about it. Uh, I, I, I knew it took place in a prison. That's all I've ever really known about it. And of course, seen the poster for it. I didn't realize that's what the poster was going to be representing ultimately in the end. And uh, I was very satisfied with it. You know, like from just the the takeaway of like the main technical things that I imagine people always, not all of it's technical. Uh, however, you know, you, you're thinking about like the performances are just phenomenal. Like Morgan Freeman is excellent, just so natural. And it's interesting because you usually see and nowadays you see him kind of play like, I mean, he does a lot of he does a lot of types of work now, but you don't really get to see him do roles like this anymore. I mean, maybe he does, and I'm just out of the loop. But in terms of, like, the prominent films or the bigger films he tends to be a part of, roles like this, not so much. And so to get it, to see him do this role is so real, so natural. 
and and same thing with Tim Robbins, just excellent in this film. Uh, very internal performance, subdued. And I I think the way they you know, oftentimes when you do stories that span a lot of time, like they span like a lot of time here. And oftentimes you do stories like this, it can feel you can feel like it's it's going a little too like imagine like a typical biopic where you complain about you know the way they span time just imagine those complaints applied to here and i would not apply that here yet i think that's part of the uniqueness of it is you can feel kind of the wear and tear it does on the soul of these characters but it's never done in a way that feels forceful it all feels so natural because, you know, you start this movie out with, you know, Red getting rejected once again to get out of Shawshank. And he doesn't seem as resistant towards the possibility of him getting out. And then as the movie progresses, you know, anytime the talk of dreams or escaping or, or being let go from here, that it, it you could see that there's such pushback. There's such a defense mechanism that comes up in the conversation and that the thought of that is a threat the thought of that is a fear to to, to, it's like painful to think about because it will never come true that's or or if it does come true terror awaits because now it's been so conditioned and this is home now this is most of most of the individual life is spent here that the outside world is, is uncomfortable you don't belong you know like a lot of these people who who wind up here end up finding a different place of belonging and a different place of purpose so i like like the, the details and i think that's one of the things about this movie is it's the details it's really easy to look at a film like this i imagine especially after what, 94 god so many movies so many, damn good movies came out there um, I don't know if this film won any awards. I, I actually got way out of the loop on this. I believe it lost to Forrest Gump. That's what I believe. Is the, the right? Anyhow, it's easy to look at a film like this and go, ah, uh, yeah, melodramatic, a little bit predictable. I mean, predictable in terms of where the plots might end up, but it's about the details of the experience it's about getting lost in it because i actually thought this movie was more immersive than i was expecting it to be like i don't often depends on you know exactly what kind of film you're watching and i wasn't expecting to get as swept up in it or as immersed in it and weirdly i actually think a lot of that credit goes to morgan freeman's narration that classic morgan freeman narration is this when it started the classic Morgan Freeman narration because you know often <laughs> out in LA you meet a lot of people who are screenwriters and, and you hear uh, uh, you know people constantly debate uh, like narration is a weak man's storytelling <laughs> motif like don't do it and I actually thought it was used quite effectively and I thought it actually helped enhance the immersiveness of the film because you are weaving in and out of two perspectives throughout this film. You're weaving in and out of Red's perspective and you're weaving into Andy's perspective. And there's the juxtaposition. There's the clash of Andy, who is trying, obviously, as stated in the film, is trying to hold on to hope, maintain some level of optimism. And then you have Red 
who as time goes on is losing more and more of that hope and the fear is becoming the by the way just gotta say this really fast the brooks character very effective stuff i love that they allowed the film to break away from the main two narratives of red and andy and just spend time like a little short film within this massive film to spend time with Brooks on the outside world and really show that feeling of being living in this isolated place and you know going from a place where you you, you found family you found friends you you, you found order you in, in, in some weird way and you found purpose like he, he all of us I imagine imagine all of us long for a sense of belonging and a sense of feeling like we have some type of purpose um it, whether that be on a major level or a minor level you know and anything that helps us feel like we belong usually that's associated with like what's my purpose in, in here and it's so easy to define that where it's kind of like you're starting all over again and it's easy to get kind of lost in the masses and also you know you're when you're there for so long you're out of touch with the way times have changed you haven't changed with the times because you weren't around to experience the societal changes and they really capture that so so eloquently perfect with the brooks character that it was heartbreaking like that to me was uh, one of the most heartbreaking parts of this whole story was seeing how that happens and that's the fear that every man eventually has when i like that really opened my eyes to you know like there's there's a constantly a lot of talks um you know circulating that i'm not as well versed in as i ought to be or i haven't taken the time to dive into incarceration treatment and just how messed up it is you know because like i only ever truly hear about like the terrible people when i watch like true crime documentaries or something like that or a true crime docuseries and like yeah lock them away for good but the the mistreatment or people who are like no nah, they shouldn't be incarcerated for that long you know and, and, and that's movie kind of shows that and it also shows the kind of negative effect it can have because you imagine that you're in prison oh my god you've been there for so long you must just want to get out but then i, I never thought about that feeling it's like it's not exactly stockholm syndrome but i imagine in some ways it can kind of feel it's just it's, it's habitual it's like you're, this is your habitat now you know and 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 i think the way they, they painted that with the brooks storyline was really powerful and so then you have here the juxtaposition between the two main characters you know which path is it going to go down for them which belief system will you ultimately fall under because the story is so much about resilience and perseverance in the face of obstacles where everything just seems like Andy was sexually assaulted, physically beaten, tortured, abused on all accounts, stripped of everything. And he never gave up. And he was always and, and I think there's there is a certain level. What I thought was cool about the way it's about this how it's woven is it's sort of woven like i would use the word it's woven like a tail because um t-a-l-e for clarity on that because red is so much about think realistic and andy's journey is a bit of this cathartic fantasy fulfillment of the man wronged who managed to inspire and influence 
these people and and and, and have them be educated and and do good deeds and look and grow bigger hearts grow some love and expand their love expand their vocabulary even and then manage to use his imagination to break out of there put the warden behind uh, get the warden caught on his corruption like so he's living he's he's bringing the fantasy to life you know because i imagine that for this character he is fantasizing about the outcome that he ultimately does get not just being able to be in Mexico and be on the beach and it's it's all the other things that happen along the way the details and, and bringing that to reality and I, and I think stories like this are so timeless because even if you're not and I've never been incarcerated or been close to and most of us haven't and I, I feel like though that there's so much here that is relatable in our own ways you know because I, this character with I know I'm kind of hopping all over the place here it's a, it's a long movie and it's three in the morning right now um, like with the Andy character because he is so downtrodden and it's not a story of like I was wronged I need to get out of here it's he accepts his prison sentence pretty early on as a, like this punishment as, as if he is deserving of it and as the movie reveals that he he ultimately did feel like, even though he's not the one who pulled the trigger, that he did feel responsible for his wife's death. And that guilt is the thing that has allowed him to accept this condemnation and try to make the most of it and then try to do some good while he's in there too. I forgot where I was going with the point, but I was just getting kind of lost in that because, oh yes, that is a very relatable point. That's a very re relatable thing in its own way of, you know, a lot of us often can fall into the feelings of guilt or shame in ways that are not actually our faults, but we accept them as our faults and punish ourselves. And you do got to get to a point of climbing out of that hole. And he literally, there's like, it, it's such a good metaphor of like cl climbing out of this hole. Now the time has come to feel be free of it all again like he's accepted his sentence he hasn't even fought to get out he's, he didn't put up a fight this whole time he was there he just accepted it and then now he gets to climb out of that hole and i think the other main relatable part of it of what i imagine has made this movie just develop in popularity over time and has been so timeless is the fact that 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 thought process of thinking realistic I know he's not the most popular person to quote right now but Will Smith would often talk about this is think like not the feelings of thinking realistic and the feelings of being a dreamer you know being someone who can hold on to a fantasy and try to make that fantasy become the reality because when you think realistic that's so limiting and you just pigeonhole yourself into having not such a fulfilling life and i th i think you know painting a story like that's the basis of the of the narrative and the themes of don't get caught up in thinking realistic learn to be hopeful learn to be to be a dreamer to think bigger you know it's but it's in the story of the prison sentence and and, and then ultimately in the finale of a prison of, uh, of a breaking out of prison so I think having it rooted in those themes 
of despite all things that are piling on against you, despite all odds, all the obstacles, you don't don't forget to hold on to that hope. That's why that that scene with the music is so beautiful, uh, where he plays the where he plays that with that uh, inspiration, that feeling of escapism, and that escapism doesn't have to be just a form of you know stepping away from reality like yes but there's a beauty to that that's so that's why we like watching fucking movies man that's why we like watching shows it is an escapism it totally is but if you can run away with some sense of inspiration that you could actually apply then beautiful things can come from that you know and you know when you hear people that say movies changed my life i always kind of wonder like to what degree has it changed your life is it just the feeling that it gave you or did you actually like do something with that feeling or the thought process that sparked and then, yeah, then something really did change for you. And I can imagine that this movie can have that effect for people that either grew up with it or found it pretty early on in life or maybe they found it late in life and then they, they were able to uh, hold on to any of that inspiration that stayed in their brain and their heart and then rolled with it. So there's so much beauty here. And I, I, I don't know, I guess I was expecting to walk into like a dark-ass drama because I heard prison movie and it's R-rated. And yeah, I mean, it definitely feels R-rated. And I heard, you know, Stephen King wrote it. So I, I, do, I wasn't expecting a movie that leaned more into the, those optimistic qualities. And I appreciated that so much. And I think Frank Darabont did, a, did an excellent job because so much about this movie, to beyond just capturing the span of time working with his editor all oh, the, the music by thomas dean off oh, phenomenal too that is that's great music like it's like yeah, i'm so used to roger deacon's cinematography as of now which is shit like prisoners and blade runner this like striking dark moody ass shit <laughs> I, I forgot this was roger deacon's but i think they captured the the personality of the prison so well beyond just its cast of characters the, the architecture of it all there 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 was a there is a sense of, of, of history and, and who these people evolved into and and i like that it didn't just hone in on things that i would normally expect which is people just kind of going crazy you know, like just going stir crazy it, it leaned more into uh finding light in darkness which was something i wasn't expecting it was, it's in some ways if you just cut out a few things or change some dialogue and and, and and switch around some scenes it could have been a pg-13 movie but it wouldn't have been as good of a movie it wouldn't have been as effective you need some of the harsher shit in here in order for a lot of these other things to hit home much stronger in the feels so yeah i mean i thought it was a beautiful film i thought it was really strong and i'm glad i watched it it's such a random movie for me to watch i've been watching so many things um in my you know some things on camera here a lot of more emotional shit lately there's so much more like things where i'm like damn i've been watching a lot of emotional stuff lately uh but even off camera you know i've been watching like a lot more things that are about like love and doing doing kinder things and doing good things and uh being more optimistic in life i've been it's, it's a lot of what i watch and I'm also catching up on Westworld. I'm only on season two. <laughs> so there's there's that, which is not the feelings I'm talking about. But then, you know, I'm also watching like Love on the Spectrum, a great Netflix reality show, 
which uh, I highly recommend. And um, yeah, yeah, uh, this this movie was impactful in a way I wasn't expecting. You know, I met, I, I thought it would just be this downtrodden, dark, depressing hole of a film, and then eventually it would become this very touching, moving, inspirational drama. But it was kind of the, it was kind of the vibe throughout, and I and and I wasn't expecting that. And uh, and I'm glad to be filled with that. It was it was awesome. Tim Robbins is excellent. Morgan Freeman's good. The rest of the William Sadler's a wonderful presence. The warden asshole. I forget that actor's name. But he's very effective here. Uh, Clancy Brown always an effective asshole. It's funny how Clancy Brown was just like forgot how creepy Clancy Brown looked when he was younger. Because Clancy Brown is today, you know, uh, uh, what is like a modern touch? He's the main Betty in, uh, I don't know if you guys watched it, but the revival of the, of the real final season of Dexter. And uh, that's that's the Clancy Brown that comes to mind for me now. Just like a heavier set guy with white hair and a beard. Like that's that's the Clancy Brown I know. Or someone who's in like a lot of makeup or does a lot of voiceover work. He's got, his voice has become more definitive over time. And... Uh, I forgot how creepy this guy was. He's he's still a little creepy looking. He seems nicer now. Like, when he plays, like, a nicer part, I actually believe him. But, damn, I forgot how how creepy he was. But the the costume design on this film was also excellent, too. Uh, Everything about this, I I, I love the art direction of it. Very much so. So, yeah. Fascinating to learn more facts about it, but really touching stuff and and great, great messages. And uh, I, I love the ending of it. As well, I, I wasn't expecting it to be like, damn, this finale is cool. This is a cool finale. Uh, that wasn't the vibe, but I think it earned it so much. And, and I love how they like planted all the seeds for every little, every little bit of that escape plan. And I like how it just it it, it went through. Like he escaped and he did it. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, being chased by dogs in the middle of the night streets and I get over there to get him you know (laughs) like crazy elaborate plan walked off with a lot of money used the phantom to be able to 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 get some documents out there got the the warden caught I I thought it was great it was excellent excellent film so yeah shouts out to my friend Andrew Gordon and of any friend in real life who has been insistent on me watching this I think he declares this as his favorite movie out of any friend who's been insistent on me watching it, it's been Andrew Gordon, and many of you guys suggested it after Forrest Gump, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. This was a this was a nice experience. So thank you guys very much. Subscribe, leave a like, and we'll catch you all we'll catch you all soon. Thank you. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. 
In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.